Well, good morning. Good morning. Good to see you all today. I hope that uh, you've had a great time in Bible study today. We're looking forward to hearing the word brought by Brother Joey this morning in our sermon series as we continue. Um, as we begin this morning, I just want to say thank you uh, for everything you've done this week. Um, you, you have been fantastic. And we just thank you for that and thankful for the fact that when we walk through tough times, we walk through it together because we are all part of the, the family of God. We used to sing that song, May We Need to Dust It Off. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And it's days and weeks like this that remind us of that so much. We're going to be late in the service. We're going to tell you one more way you should have gotten a letter today of how we can be a blessing uh, to the Roach family. And uh, I wanted to tell you something that is astounding uh, to me. And um, if I can find it on my phone, and I think I just did. So Chris Landrum, wherever he is, he's here. Uh, I see evidence of him everywhere. But I want you to know that Friday, the the service from Friday, first of all, by yesterday morning, it had been viewed over 4,000 times. And there was viewing going on from the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, India, Ghana, South Africa, Cambodia, Macedonia, Australia, and Vietnam. To God be the glory. He's done great things. Amen. I tell you, I don't know very many. Um, also, the the the, the, uh, the the clip that was shown earlier in the week that was on social media about let not your hearts be troubled. As of Wednesday, it had been viewed over twenty three thousand times. Now, I don't know many preachers that get to preach to twenty three thousand people. That is just amazing. But today we're here to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 You know, I love this song that we're going to sing because I want you to know that I am. I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed unto him. The Lord Jesus, what have I committed? Well, I've committed my life. And why am I confident in that? I'm confident in that because he is more than qualified and able for the job. And he's going to take care of me and everybody else. This song says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And this is my favorite verse. This is my favorite verse. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. Let's stand together as we sing it together. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Thank you. 
Get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. And my story isn't over, my story's just begun. And failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Lay your burdens down Ooh, Here in the Father's house Check your shame at the door Cause it ain't welcome anymore Ooh, You're in the Father's Journey's where you are. You never wanted perfect, you just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over if the story isn't good. And failure's never final when the Father's in the room. And failure's never final when the Father's in the room. Father's in the room. Miracles take place. 
ones could rescue me from my failings. Who else would offer his only son? Who else invites me to call him father? standing for the reading of the word of the Lord, Brother Carol. Scripture text is from 1 John chapter 2, verses 28 to chapter 3, verse, verses 3. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does his right has been born of God. How great is the love of the Father that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not been made known or revealed to us. We shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Carol, for sharing this 
the Word of God with us today. If y'all don't know him, uh, he's one that helped me get into uh, marketplace chaplaincy. Um, he met me. I, I met him here at Poplar Springs, and he's a wonderful man. He's a man of God right there. I don't. He's a. You need to meet him. If you don't know him, you need to meet him. Military man. Uh, we've got to work together. Every time I work with him, I, I stand a little straighter. I want to salute and all this stuff. And I've not been in the military, but he has. And so um, I have a ton of respect for him. And uh, we work well together. And uh, I, uh, he's gone to another phase of his life now. He's out of marketplace, but he's, God's still using him, and I'm thankful for that. This is a wonderful passage. And I, just, I want to just tell you, I want it... My own desire, and I, I encourage you to keep your Bibles open today. We're going to be all in it, um, so don't put it aside. Uh, I didn't give them all the scriptures today. You've got this one right here, and the rest of them you're going to have to keep up yourself. Okay, but you may want them. Uh, you may need them. But I was, as I was reading chapter 3, I kept wanting to go back. Into chapter two, because it seemed like the thought hadn't was not developed, hadn't started in chapter three. It started in chapter two, and so I started going back into chapter two and realized that man twenty eight says, "Now little children, abide in Him." Now, why should we abide in Christ? Because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, and that's what I want to share with you today. Folks, the, the reality that Jesus is coming back. Twice in this passage of Scripture, you see that, they, that John refers, back, refers to the coming of Christ. And that's something that we as born-again believers should have pouring, in our pour, pouring out of our pores, is that Jesus is coming back. And we should live like it. That, should, that thought should impact your actions. That Jesus is coming back. It's a wonderful truth. It's a reality. Now, some will make fun of that fact. Even back in um, the early church time, um, uh, Simon Peter mentioned this in 2 Peter verse, um, chapter 3, verse 3. He says this, Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust, saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the father fell, fell, fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Basically, these scoffers are saying, why hasn't He come back? Why hasn't He come back? Three verses later, notice what happens to them. Simon Peter says this, But by the, His Word, by God's Word, the present heaven and earth are being res, reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Folks, I'm here to tell you Jesus is coming back. And some scoff at it. Now, some church people, it scares them. It scares them to, to think that Jesus might come back. And they, they, they live out of fear for this because they don't have a full and a, a correct understanding of the grace of God. They haven't fully grasped the gospel of salvation by grace alone and by faith alone and by Christ alone. 
Some people, and probably here today, still think they have something to do with their own salvation. I'll be honest with you, I was with you for a good period of my life. I think about every, every invitation my, my dad used to give at church. I'd come forward and ask, Lord, save me all over again. I thought I lost it during the week. See, I thought I had something to do with that salvation. Only thing I did, but I came to, that was sort of immaturity on my state and some ignorance on mine, because the only thing I can do about salvation is receive it. Jesus paid the price. He died on the cross for my sins, and He did it all, and I accept it by faith, and I accept that grace, and I believe it's only through Christ that I can be saved. And so, I'm looking forward to Jesus coming back. Amen? (laughs) I'm looking forward to that because He is the one who saved me. These words that Jesus is coming back should encourage every believer. Notice what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. He says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Folks, does that not mean something to you today? The dead in Christ will do what? They'll go first. I say amen to that. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall all be with the Lord. Now listen to, the, listen to these words. Therefore comfort one another with these words. There's something comforting to know that Jesus could come back today. And I'm, that encourages me. I think the older I get, the more I'm looking forward to it. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you how, what I'm experiencing. When I was younger, I said, well, Lord, maybe tomorrow. Maybe next week. But I'm with John in Revelation where he says, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. How should the coming of Jesus impact our daily lives? First of all, you need to understand the certainty of it. Like I said, it may be today, it may be tomorrow, it may be next week, it might be a century from now. We don't know. Mark thirteen thirty two clearly states that nobody knows but God Himself knows the date. So when you see these guys on television and they're trying to tell you they know, they don't know. I think, I've seen a thousand books on the second coming of Jesus Christ and them trying to predict His time of coming and I'm going, don't buy them. Just read the Bible. Okay? What a novice idea. Save you a lot of money. You know, they got these charts and all this kind of stuff and, and, and people try to pinpoint exactly when He's coming and all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you, what's more important about when He comes is, is what are you going to do until He comes? That's what you should be concerned about. And that's what this message is about today. Because the the coming of Jesus Christ impacts our lives. Notice what he tells us to do. He says in verse 28, he says, And now, little children, abide in Him. That's a command. 
That's a command that God, is, that God is giving us through John. It's a straightforward command. We are to abide in Him by the power of the Holy Spirit, our teacher who abides in us. If you want to see that, go to verse 27, because 27 tells us that the Holy Spirit abides in us, and because the Holy Spirit abides in us, we can abide in Him. Can I tell you a secret? You can't abide in God unless God abides in you. And we're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. I'm getting ahead of myself. But when John tells his readers to abide in Him, he's telling us to walk in the light. He's, he tells us all this in John, and, and Matt did a great job preaching these past two sermons, so I'm not going to rehash all this because he did a great job. But we are to walk in the light, and we are to keep His words. Now, walk in the light means, obe- means faith, and to keep His words means obedience. But to keep His words means the, you need to know His Word. That's why you have to take this Word and, and nourish on it, feed on it, stay in it. I'm scared. It makes me nervous, the ignorance of people who call themselves Christians and they don't know the Word of God. I don't understand somebody said, I'm a Christian, and they don't even know what Christian meant by biblical definition of what Christianity is all about. Folks, it is very important that you make it your priority to stay in the Word of God. I want to tell you all a secret. And y'all... I, uh, when I was, God was calling me into the ministry and calling me into uh, just serving Him, I didn't know what God had in store for me. I said, Lord, I don't even like to read. How many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you just don't like reading? It's not a sin. We just don't like doing it. I'd rather do something else. Amen? I understand that. I used to... Uh, <laughs> I used to play the violin, okay? In District 7, um, the, the, the orchestra people would come in. I, I went to a little school at Jesse Boyd, and they got, uh, they got to us first. They tested us, and I, I tested real high in, in uh, musically st- the musical stuff. And, and, so I was, and so they got us first. The band people came later for us at Jesse Boyd. So I said... I want to do the violin. If, if the band people would have come, I probably would have played a trumpet. Okay? Probably would have liked that a whole lot better than a violin. Because they put a violin on me, and my dad was a really thrifty person when it comes to buying violins. I remember him saying to my mom, we're not buying him a violin. He'll play it for two weeks, and he'll want to quit. So I realized if I was going to play that violin, I was going to have to play it for more than two weeks. Well, lo and behold, I played that thing for three years. But I wanted to quit after two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just being honest. Dr. Angelis, my poor professor, he wasn't a professor, but we called him Dr. Angelis. He went, he went on to be a professor down in New Orleans. He, he tried to make me quit. He knew I didn't like doing this. But he didn't know, my, he didn't know the pride I had with my dad. I wasn't going to quit because my dad said I'd quit. I said, I'm not quitting. I might not like this, but I'm not going to quit. 
I'd be in there playing along, playing along, and my friends would be out there playing football. And that's where my heart was. I wanted to be outside. I'm not sure why I'm even telling y'all that story now. But I just confessed, I told y'all I played the violin. But folks, let's get back to this. We are to be obedient. And we are to not only keep His Word, we are to know His Word. And we need to stay in His Word. And we need to allow His Word to, to, to lead us and guide us. And we need to attend to the foundational truths of the faith. And, and we need to avoid the false teachings. This is all previously stated in this, this, in this, chat, in the, in this book. And we are to conform to Christ's likeness. And we are to be like Christ, Jesus. The results of this abiding is, and I want you to understand this, this is the present tense when they use this word abide in this passage. It's present tense which implies an ongoing activity. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you abide in Him on a daily basis. It's not just a weekly basis. Some people think they come to church to, 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 to check it off, but to be what... You need to be to be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. You need to abide in Him daily. And you need to be conscious of His presence all the time. You need to be conscious that the presence of God is here and that Jesus could come back at any moment. I think He's really going to surprise some when He comes. I think He's going to surprise all of us on some level, but... but this, this abiding that we're to do is a continual abiding in Him. And the results of this abiding in Christ, we see this in verse 29. That abiding in Him, notice what happens here. Because he says this, he says, he says this in verse 29. He says, if you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of Him. So we realize that righteousness is to be being produced, but not only righteousness, but if we abide in Him, we have, in verse 28, confidence. Let me tell you something that's very attractive to me, and all people, is the word confidence. It's, it's a, it's a, I'm just going to tell you all this about Dale Roach. One of the things that me and him connected on was because of how confident he was he was confident in his faith he was confident and realized he was confident in God he was I'll be honest with you I don't think he was all always confident in his own ability but you know what he was confident in he was confident that God was going to take him and do whatever God wanted to do through him and that's a beautiful thing I'm not talking about people that have such a high opinion of themselves. That's not what I'm talking about. Your confidence doesn't need to be on yourself all the time. It needs to be confident that God is in control. This past week, folks, if you didn't understand that God was in control, I pity you. I really do. Because guess what? God is in control. I say that very loudly because some of you need to hear that. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. God is in control. Now you can have your... You don't have to have this confidence, but it's a wonderful thing to have. To trust God. 
and have confidence. And if you understand that Jesus could come back at any moment, that He could take, take us at any moment, that will produce confidence in Him. I don't know if, how many of you have ever prayed for His coming. I'll be honest with you, I have. Sometimes I did not prepare for tests like I should have. And I said, Lord, if you want to come back right now, I'll have no problem in just taking me on in there. Amen? You, some of you all understand what I'm saying there, right? That's a little joke, but you know, it's a beautiful thing to live under the presence of understanding that God could come back at any moment and not being put to shame by His appearance. Those who don't have that faith will be put to shame, it says here in this passage of Scripture. And that's not good. No, we have confidence. And not only do we have confidence, but through the, the, the appearance of Him, the promise of Him coming produces righteousness in us. In Acts chapter 17, verse 31, notice what it says. It says, because He has appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom He has ordained, He has given assurance of this to all by raising Him from the dead. So those who walk in the Spirit and strive to serve Him with their lives, the righteous judge will reward them one day. Do you know we will all be judged one day? But but those who walk by faith and not by sight, those who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, will stand beside... at the judgment seat of Christ in 2 Timothy 4 8 says, Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who love his appearing. Appearing. Do y'all hear me? Love is coming. They look forward to His coming. Because it produces righteousness in us. Paul makes it very clear. He refers to the judgment seat of Christ where each believer may, may appear not to be determined whether they are worthy of salvation, but to be rewarded for their faith and their life of service. And it goes on to say, in this passage of Scripture, which I thought is beautiful, that everyone who practices righteousness is born of who? Of God. To be everything that I just talked about, being confident, being righteous, first of all, must be first from a person who's accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. As John said earlier, as Jesus said earlier in John chapter 3, you must be born again. There is the hope that we have is that born again. Uh, I, I love I, I seeing salvation throughout the Scriptures. And in this passage of Scripture, there's justification right there. You must be, only those who are born again right there. You see, glorification you already see. When Jesus comes back, we're glorified. Amen? Okay? To be absent from the body, to be present with God. And, and so... But justification must come first. That's salvation. 
But then we see, as we, as we move on, we see this, the second part of salvation, and I don't want we'll, to, we'll, we'll get to there in just a few minutes, but I want you to understand that when, since He hasn't come, we must be faithful, we must be looking for, and we must be abiding in Jesus Christ so that those fruits can be produced in us. In verse, if you look at chapter 3, notice what it says here. And this is, this is fascinating. He gets excited. Because born of Him, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Okay, He calls Him Father, right? Only children can call Him Father, right? Then He goes on to say this. We may have, He goes on to say, that we should be called children of God. Now stop. Let that, let that simmer in you right now. Children of God. I am a child of God. Can we all say that together? Let's just and let, think about it, okay? On three. One, two, three. I am a child of God. Let it... Th- let it soak in just for a second. I am a child of God. He loved me enough to adopt me. To take me out of my sinful condition. To take me going in the wrong direction. And helping me repent of my sins. And as I place my faith and trust in Him, He just picks me up as a father picks a child up. And He loves it. Folks, I'm a child of God. On your worst day, say it. I am a child of God. One of my favorite pictures that I have of my father uh, is one that me and my young, older brother, Jeff, we were little tights. And for some reason we were barefooted and we did not have our shoes. And we were at Charlestown Landing. Y'all know what Charlestown Landing is? Okay, we, were, we lived in Charleston at that time, and we didn't have our shoes, and the pavement was sink, it was hot as fire. You know how Charleston is. This is hot down there. And it was going to burn our feet to get from point A to, to the car. So the only thing my dad decided to do was just pick us both up and carry us. Why did he do that? Because I was his child... And he was my father. And there's a picture of him, and we're, we're all heavy bone guys. We've always been. He's carrying about us, and he, he, he was a thin, he was thin back then. He was a thin man at that time. And he was carrying us, and we're both looking back with the biggest smiles on our faces. Both of us were just smiling as I'll get it. I don't think Dad was smiling, but maybe, I don't know, because we were sort of heavy. But he picked us both up. And you know what? That's what I picture God as my father did for us this past week. He picked us up. Why? He's our father. Let that sink in. Some of y'all live as if he's not your dad. But we call him what? Abba. Father. We are children of the King. 
And we need to understand that. And, and John is, is so excited about being able to tell you that, he, that we're a child of the King. And you need to understand that, that he's so excited. But then he follows that with a promise in verse 2 where he says this, Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we will know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. And we shall see him as he is. Think about that just for a second. We shall be like who? Who? Christ Jesus. We will be like Him. Now, you've been mentioning this passage of Scripture all week, have you not? And I've been enjoying listening to you because I said, I'm preaching on that this Sunday. And I've just been, and I'm just fascinated that we're going to be like Jesus Christ. Amen? And I'm looking forward to the day. Some want to be like Mike. I grew up in that age where everybody wanted to be like Michael Jordan. I'm past that stage. Folks, I want to be like Jesus. Amen? I want to be a part of the King of Kings. I don't, I don't care about the shoes anymore. I got bigger fish to fry. Amen? The notion is that we will be like Him. And Paul clarifies that in Philippians 3. That's why I told you to keep your Bibles open. Philippians 3 verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven. That's where our home is. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. Who will what? Transform our lowly bodies. That it may be conformed to the glorious body. According to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. Folks, we are going to be transformed one day. Into a body that doesn't have arthritis. Amen? That should be stronger. Those who have arthritis should have been screaming amen. If you have what I got. But he goes on here. John says that for we'll see him as he is. How should that affect us? How should it affect us now? Don't you think God is already working in us already to be like him? What are we called? Christians. Are we called Christians? What does that mean? That we are Christ-like. That means when people see us walking down the road, they should say, you know, there goes a Christian. Somebody that favors Jesus. Shouldn't we already be on that path of being like Christ? Shouldn't we already be going in that direction? How do we get there? First of all, through the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit inside of you, and He begins to work in your life. And because of that, you become like Him. Now, we're going to touch base on that in just a minute, but I want to come back to something that that fascinates me And that is that we will see Him as He is. Because Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 13 that describes where we are right now about seeing who Jesus is. He says, for now we see in mirrors. 
dimly, but then face to face. Now we know in part, but then we shall know just as I also know. Folks, I'm sensing that one day we will receive this body and we'll be able to see God for who He is. Why do we receive this body? Because this body can't handle it. This body has to be transformed. It has to be resurrected, basically. We have to get a new body. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall, be, we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put off incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Folks, I'm looking forward to a new body. Not so I can jump higher and run faster, but so I can see Jesus for who He is. Folks, let me end with hope. Because what John does here, he goes from the second coming and he says, well, here's what needs to transpire in verse 3. He says, and everyone who has this hope of His coming, Hope in Him purifies Himself just as He is pure. Like I said, this one verse moves from the world of theology and brings it to a personal and more practical way. Charles Swindoll said it this way, Every Christian who places their confident expectations in Christ's return, yearning to see Him face to face, to be changed from the inside out and to spend eternity basking in His glory should experience an eternal cleansing in the here and now. This is what we call sanctification. That's what... There's three levels of salvation. There's justification. That's just... You come just as you are. You come and God saves you in justification. You come by faith and then you move into sanctification. And let me just give you a definition of sanctification. Sanctification is if we are set apart to live in a way that pleases God. Becoming more and more like Him even in this life. Are you becoming more like Jesus today? That's a question we all have to answer. We all have to answer that question because if you're justified... You must be sanctified. Okay? When justification happens, it automatically throws you into sanctification. And that is a a stage that we, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not a time of perfection, though. Jesus is perfect. And folks, I haven't met a perfect person yet. Amen? I've met a lot of stressful people trying to be perfect. And, 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 and that's not what God is talking about. Sanctification is the Holy Spirit getting a part of you and changing you from the inside out. And love begins to pour out of you. Forgiveness begins to pour out of you. And God begins to take all the sinfulness out of your life and He begins to purify you. 
Do we ever reach perfection? Not on this side of eternity. But one day, amen? One day we're going to be what? Glorified. You're justified. We're being sanctified. I look at this carpet. This is sanctification because it's such a long piece of carpet. But one day we'll be glorified. Can I tell y'all just a secret? At this very moment, Dale Roach is glorified. <laughs> Thank you. Praise, praise God. Right now, he's in the presence of Jesus Christ himself. And all his sins are gone. They're not impacting his life one ounce. And he's receiving what? His rewards. Isn't that awesome? Does that not give us hope? Folks, why? Because we are the kids of the King. We are children of God. And we give Him all the praise and all the glory for what He's doing in our lives. And it's a beautiful thing to be called a child of the King. Amen. People might kick you. They might talk bad about you. But God says He's God says this about us who are born again. They're mine. It says here in that passage that the world doesn't know us. They don't know that we're children. But don't worry, they don't know Him. So don't put all your weight on what the world says about you. Just be concerned what the Father thinks. And enjoy being in the presence of God. So what if? What if Jesus came back today? How would that impact your life? It says that when Jesus comes back, He takes His children home to heaven. That's what. That's why I read that to you in the scriptures. Okay. Okay. Are you going to be left behind if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, you'll be left behind. But you don't have to be. You can accept Jesus Christ and accept that wonderful gift of salvation today and receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And God will call you one of His kids. One of us as believers. How should this impact our lives? We should abide in God. Not just on Sunday, but Monday Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're not just Sunday Christians, amen? Not true Christians who long for the coming of Jesus Christ. Those who live in light of His coming. I encourage you to live every step of your path with the conscious understanding that Jesus could come back before the next step you take. Think about that just for a second. Many of us have lost loved ones in these days. And I encourage you today because I want to share this with you because our loved ones, they said that in heaven, a day is like a thousand years on earth, right? Our loved ones are just a little ahead of us in a day in heaven. 
And when Jesus takes us home, guess what? We'll catch up, amen? That's a promise we can accept because we are His kids. So we can lose our earthly fathers, but we can never lose our heavenly Father, amen? And He loved us more than our earthly father does. He does. My dad loved me, but I tell you, my heavenly Father loves me a lot more. More than I deserve, amen? Let's pray. Father, we accept you today, Lord, as our Lord and Savior. We accept your love. We accept you calling us your kids. Because, Father, we cannot understand why you do that. So, Father, we can only accept it. Lord, we know who we are. We know our our faults. And, Lord, we sometimes wonder why you love us. But, Lord, guess what? You say in your word you love us. And that you will forgive us when we place our faith and trust in you and repent of our sins. So, Father, I pray, Lord, I'm going to be in the back at the close of the service. And if anybody would like to come and talk about salvation today, I'd love to have a conversation with them. Because, Lord, I know that you're working in our presence today. Father, your spirit is working at this very moment. But, Lord, I want to pray for us as as born-again believers. I pray, Father, that each one of us will be more conscious of your coming. Lord, that is a certain fact that you made very clear in your, in your scriptures. And I pray, Father, that our lifestyles, that our actions, our thoughts, will be evident, Lord, that we are sure that you're coming back. And it could be today. Help us, Father, to walk by faith. Father, if there's anything that's hindering us and, and, and damaging in our testimony. I pray, Father, that during this invitation, Father, that we'll confess that to You. Because, Father, You say if we confess our sins, You're faithful and just to forgive us. And, Father, the, 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 that context of that, Lord, I know that You are talking to believers. So, Lord, You want us to confess when we fall short of Your glory. You still want us to repent. And I pray, Father, that during this time that we'll take advantage of that. And that, Father, that when we leave this place, if you allow us to, that, Lord, that we'll be conscious, Lord, that you're coming back. And it may be today. We love you, Father, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hey, friends. Um, I want to have a quick word about a love offering that we're starting today for uh, Shelly and the Roach family uh, to help with uh, funeral and medical costs and whatever needs they have. And so we want to make you aware of this. Uh, if you are not prepared, you can also text my PSBC to 77977. That's another way that you can give. Right now, you can select the Sacrifice Sunday. Anything that comes in for Sacrifice Sunday today will be will go to that uh, that offering. And um, we want to encourage you uh, to give, but we also want to encourage you to pray for them and to pray for God's guidance uh, for for Shelley and the whole family right now. And pray for our church. Pray for God to lead and guide us and help us through this process now. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, Mark, uh, for those words. I want to uh, let you know that we had a mishap there at the end. Our track didn't fire for some reason, but the choir didn't need it. They just took off. So God bless y'all. Y'all did a fantastic job, and I'm so proud of you. I wanted to make you aware of a couple of things. You know, the pastor was a planner, and he had the sermon series and all done for weeks and months yet to come and so we're going to be following the plan uh, there was a reason that he wanted us to be in Sunday school with the, the material and in the service so that we could get a better understanding from multiple voices about it I'm so thankful to all of you who have just followed the plan so that we could all be together and working towards the same thing and hearing the same things from the Lord we're going to continue that path in the days to come, uh, Matt and Shelly have done a fantastic job. And in, in the short term, at least, they're going to continue um, to be speaking. Joey will be preaching next week. And then uh, the n- next Sunday, I think, is Sacrifice Sunday. And on that Sunday, um, we will uh, have the Lord's Supper. We'll think about uh, and reflect upon the sacrifice of Christ. And we'll have our sacrifice offering. And on that day, it, it, it was... The pastor's great desire to see this building paid off. Now, I believe that can happen. Three people agreed with me. (laughs) I said, I believe that can happen. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to continue to pursue that goal. We're going to continue. So let's just praise the Lord even today for what he's going to go. We're going to do. As you walk out, there are guys at the... um, at the door, I see uh, that you can give your offering to. You can put in the four, if it's not the regular offering, uh, love offering for Dale Roach. You can do that, and that would be great. Uh, there's also the little boxes on the wall uh, as you're leaving, if you'd like to do it that way. I want you to remember the family of uh, John Eaker, who went to be with the Lord last night. And so uh, I know nothing about arrangements or anything of that nature yet, but we will be getting that information out to you as soon as we know. It's been a a long week for them. And so let's continue to remember Robin and that family. Will you stand with me together um, as we close in prayer this morning? Thank you for being here today. 
Lord Jesus, we just thank you that we've been able to come into your house to continue just as you would have us to in reading your word, hearing your word preached to us, to gaining more understanding. And Lord, hopefully to be excited about the day when we will see you face to face. Lord, I pray it won't be too long. Lord, I want to thank you for this church, for their outpouring of concern and love for everybody this week, to each other, to Shelley, to the whole family, to us as a staff. Lord, thank you that we're in this together. Lord, we want to lift the Eaker family up to you. Um, Lord, I just pray that in days to come for Robin and that family, that you'll be just as you've been with us all this week, the great comforter, that you'll be there. Lord, allow us to be your agents where we can be. Show us your way and help us to walk in it. Father, it has really been good to be in your house today. We love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.